In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojinet Pararex, Ghost Channel and Beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, my co-host tonight, the Vienna, what is her name? Vienna White of New England, Gail Scott Key. Ron, how are you? Vienna, huh? Whatever. <laughs> Wherever I hail from, you know. How you doing tonight? Good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm always doing awesome. I'm excited to be here again tonight and looking forward to our guests and having a lot of fun as usual, but there's never enough time. We gotta well, work on that know, for you. <laughs> time is relative, so there you go. Uh, exactly. <laughs> hmm. So anyways, Gail, uh, there's actually a couple of things I want to bring up before we go in. We, we do have a great show for you tonight. We have a segment of another of uh, Ghost Hunters Spotlight, so which is good, where we spotlight another ghost hunting group. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we have, uh, of course, another episode of The Ghosts of Gettysburg. Can't wait to hear that. Yeah, it's Keeps you breathless, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Of course. And we have a new segment, uh, which you'll be doing, I believe. And, and, and what's the name of this new oh, segment? yeah. It's the Paranormal News. <laughs> That's it. Did you say nude or news? News. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, my, my headphones a little wait a minute. Let me, yeah, okay, uh-huh. it's adjusting. Yeah. Adjusting, Make sure adjusting. audio takes care of that for you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> And, of course, at the end of the hour, we will have the list, which I always look forward to. I love the list. I the always, list. everybody has been listening in I because you, your, your lists are so fanta- fantastic. And you, you actually think these up on your own, right? You're not getting, you're, you're the one who do all the credit on these lists, right? I take no credit for nothing. Well, see, I try to, like, you know, get through some extra plug, but I guess, you know, nope. all right, fine. <laughs> nope. Nope. I'm not getting blamed for anything. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> we just know it's entertaining, and that's it. That's right. Anyways, uh, I do have some events coming up I do want to mention. Uh, yes. This Saturday, I will be at the Sons of Italy in Hero. Nice. What's going on there? Uh, let me guess. Sons of Italy uh, spaghetti dinner. You got it. <laughs> hey, you know what? Oh my. Uh, 
I wonder if they'll make me a made man. Make you a maid a what? A oh, maid well, man. I know. I, but usually that means you're also going to be up for a hit, right? Huh? No, no, no. I'll be, I'll be a wise guy. I know. Well, usually when you take that title, you're you pretty much, you know, someone can whack you, right? Well, yeah, but you do, you're usually the whacker, not the wacky. Oh, I guess obviously I have to Although work like a lot of people believe I'm wacky, I, I'd rather be the wacker. <laughs> you know, I didn't say that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, so that's uh, this um, Saturday I will be at the... Uh, whatever I said, Sons of Italy and Hayroll, so. Very nice. Filling up on the spaghetti and everything, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'll be giving a lecture and also doing a book signing, so that'll be kind of cool. Very, and then very nice. uh, later on in the month, and I'm yeah. on the wrong calendar. Oh, here we are. Uh, <laughs> when is this still the day? Oh, September 20th, we will be at Mystical Whispers in Salem, New Hampshire. Mom meeting myself and doing a book signing. Very, very nice. Hey, that's close right by to me, so I'm sure I'm going to pop in there and say hi, of course. Really? Get my pictures taken with you, you you fantastic, like, big-name man, you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. And uh, on this Sunday, Marion and I will also be on WBZ FM Radio. Uh, I forget the name of the show. How great is that? No, uh, <laughs> It's, uh, I don't know, some, it's on Sunday, WBZ-FM, but we will be doing that show as well. Nice. And, I will have my dial set to that. And then, of course, on the 23rd, I believe it's the 23rd, I will be doing a paranormal uh, discussion group at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. You are a busy, busy guy. Wow. I don't know. Hey, great stuff on the horizon. I've got my calendar all checked off for all those dates, so I'm looking forward to it. We actually have uh, two more cool things. I want to mention this is way ahead. On July, we have uh, a cruise, which is kind of cool. (gasps) July 31st, uh, that's going to be out of uh, Rye, and that's a three-hour nighttime cruise with Jeremy Dontremont and myself. And... In September, we I added two new items. On the 18th, we will be doing a ghost hunt at the uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse for the benefit of the Friends of uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse. And you can actually go on the ghost hunt and, you know, work with us and stuff, which is kind of cool. And then something we just added on <laughs> September 11th, yeah. uh, we will be doing a ghost hunt at Wood Island. Now, for those who don't know Wood Island, it's the last chapter in our book. And the play, we are the only group ever to, to investigate, paranormal group to investigate Wood Island. And they, so we have, they're doing a fundraiser, of course, this is, uh, to help restore the lighthouse. Right. And you get to stay overnight. We are taking only 18 people, and you will be left off by boat. There is no getting off the island once you dropped off. And you have to cross the entire island and uh, spend the night there. So that's going to be kind of cool. So that's a nice way to make sure that, that the guests stay, whether they're haunted or they're terrified or not. Otherwise, they're going to be backstroking back home. Yeah. yeah ask, ask Maureen about that. <laughs> oh, my, I know. That's, you know something? I do recall hearing us about that place. It's highly active. So you guys are looking, I'm sure, to get a lot of uh, – Activity going on with that group. Or, you know, that's a good question to ask you. Do you get more activity the more people that come with you on the investigations or no? Interesting. 
that you said that. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> no, but no, there's, uh, it really depends on the situation. A lot of times uh, you really do get some good results because there's more energy, there's more people, and yeah. the spirits, if they're not shy, uh, are more willing to show themselves because they get a lot of people that want to, you know, uh, what's the word, witness them, experience them. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, so a lot of times it, it works to the plus side. And then at other times, if you get shy spirits, uh, not so much. But you never know under each situation. Of course, you know when you go on these ghost hunts, you, you never know what you're going to get. Even when you do the, the ones just with the group, it's always a crapshoot. You have absolutely no clue what's going to happen. Exactly. Well, it's interesting that you said that yourself because I've got something real cool that's going to fit right along that in the paranormal news for you that I think you're going to like. Uh, speaking, speaking about that, why don't we start that? This is our new segment, which is the the nude para I mean, the parallel news. <laughs> yeah, what he said. <laughs> okay. Well, here's what's going on. In his new film, Alice in Wonderland, you know, it's breaking box office records, Ron, but is the director Tim Burton breaking his silence of a personal encounter with a ghostly energy? Hmm. Seems a 51-year-old filmmaker is claiming to have had an experience with the supernatural that was quoted in the recent issue of Interview Magazine. And you know, Ron, Burton revealed a couple of things. First of all, he said, I have seen things and felt things, and it is energy. And he said that he also finds cemeteries, quote-unquote, positive places. Now, that would explain a lot of his movies. As you've seen, um, he's had... Uh, Nightmare on Christmas. Did you ever see that movie before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nightmare on yeah. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I think I live it, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Listen, you. Well, he's saying that that's a positive place, and you like that. So, But he also adds, Ron, that you can't force a spirit to reveal itself to you. He believes. Really? Yeah. He's saying that that happens only when you're open to it. So something to tell your ghost your guests, rather, when they go with you guys, uh, tag along for that uh, that little ghost hunt at the um, light tower. So that's interesting that you brought that up. Mm. I'm telling you, so moving on. Guess this, Ron. You're not going to believe this. Oh, you got to hold on. I do? Yeah. Who is cooler? Uh, Johnny Death or... Who's the other one I just thought of? Quentin Clanatino. Johnny Depp, hands down, hands okay. down. Move on. He's, oh, oh, fine, 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 you know. <laughs> well, get this. Good thing we weren't in New Jersey because, you know something, for the residents there on Sunday night, right. they must have definitely thought the weatherman called the forecast wrong because instead of ra- rain falling from the sky, it was birds. Excuse me? Lots, it was lots of birds, those feathered little things, animals, mammals that take flight in the sky started plummeting down for no reason at all. And, Ron, get this. One homeowner, it seems she's um, in Coxley, uh, New Jersey, she came home at about 4 o'clock in the morning, and she found something that she said was straight out of an Alfred Hitchcock's uh, movie, The Birds, because she had seen it was over a 1,000 birds covering the yard, and it was one um, patch of it looked like a garden and it looked like a rug. She said she was horrified. Cool. So of course. Oh, I don't know about that because you know. Oh, 
It was, it was crazy. First of all, they called the RSPCA. They came out and had to gather all of these carcasses. And they come to find out that 70 of these birds, they obviously and sadly died right away after they plummeted to uh, Earth. But some of them were still flopping around, so they, they humanely had, you know, taken care of them and to take them out of their misery. More interestingly oh. enough, Ron, yeah, it's crazy. Well, Lloyd Scott, he's from the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds, and he said he has never, ever seen anything like this. Now, granted, I, when I was reading this online, I thought that this was an isolated-only um, scenario. It's not. I don't know if you realize, Ron, but there have been similar occurrences that have been reported all over the world. And in those cases, however, pesticides were to blame. But in this case, everybody's been left in New Jersey scratching their head because there was nothing wrong with these birds as far as health-wise. And um, unfortunately, it was just a macabre scene. So I'll have to bring you more on that as I check and see if they ever find out what's going on. But you know, that, that, was not that, a good that fight. probably wouldn't have happened if we had passed Obama's health care. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I don't know. Well, you know, talking about one versus the other, how about the economic loss, you know, the plummeting of all the economic finances and stuff, you know, we're all dealing with that. Right. Well, Ron, you're going to love this. I had to put this in the paranormal news for you. It's led some people to do cr- some creative things. Well, one New Zealand homeowner placed on an online auction website two vials of holy water containing the active spirits of an old man and a young girl that were both captured by a spiritualist who came to the home to have the spirits removed. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is uh-huh. this in New Zealand? This is in New Zealand. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually getting something. I, I, you I are? Get, yeah. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was the bidding price $2,000? Uh-huh. It was. It oh, was. my God. I've been hanging around uh, Maureen too, too long. Oh. <laughs> is, she, did she, is she the new owner? Because they didn't say the name. <laughs> what, you don't know who the new owner is? They never said the name. Matter of fact, the seller didn't even put the real name online because, of course, who wants to really say that? But here's the interesting thing, okay? They put the vials on this auction website. Mm-hmm. So it, it blew up. You can imagine how many people came to check out the website. Matter of fact, it was over. 200,000? You got it. Unbelievable. Wow. Yep. Am and I you know something? You are the bomb. I think that, like, you're psychic. I think you should have a different type of show. How about yeah. that? Psychic. <laughs> right, a psychic matchmaker. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> well, you know something? Of yep. course. Now, you got to find out these spirits. First right. of all, one of the old men, he died in the home back in the 1920s. And uh-huh. the little girl, she's been wreaking havoc, knocking over things in the home because apparently someone was messing with the Ouija board, and that's how she came about. Uh-huh. But Melvin S., who is the seller, and that's not the real name, has said that, you know, um, the best thing is is that the vial has kept, you know, the spirits calm. They actually seem to be in a blue mode, you know, nice and peaceful. However, there's good news and bad news to this. The yeah. good news is the money from the auction will be donated to the prevention of cruelty of animals. The bad oh, news that's is... cool. Get this, but this part isn't good. The bad news is, sorry, no returns as all sales are final. And that's the finality of the paranormal news right here for you. What did you think of that? Uh, that's pretty good. 
amazing. Simple. <laughs> Anyways, uh, by the way, the uh, winning bidder was the Electronic Cigarette Company. Ah, Electronic Cigarette. Oh, is that what they're calling themselves now? I don't mm-hmm. know. Who knows? Up away. Anyways, Up away. without further ado, why don't we bring on our guests since I think we've drove our audience nutsy enough. So uh, this is a special edition of Ghost Hunters Spotlight, and we are spotlighting, I think we're yeah. spotting lighting, we are spotlighting, uh-oh, we just lost somebody, that's right, we are spotlighting yeah. the, I can't even say it, Can you say Hegan, it? The Sauhegan Paranormal Investigation Team, is that good? That's is good, that and, and Patricia, you on the line? Yes, I am. I think we lost Sue, but... Uh... Oh, no. Oh, no. Hi, Patricia. Hi, there. <laughs> How are you? Great. So, Sue, if you're listening, you better call in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <Keep> <laughs> uh, I'm here. John is here, too. Oh, John. How are you? Good. How are you, Ron? Good. Hi, and... John. Hi. Sue, have you made it back yet? Sue, Sue, Sue. I think she oh. ran to go place that bid. <laughs> Oh, no, we now we just lost, uh, okay, this is great. Okay. Oh, no. Ron, I'm here. This is Sue. Yeah, we just lost uh, John and Patricia, so. Oh, okay. Oh, no. yeah. something, something happened, and the phones just went dead, um, mm-hmm. but I called back in, and they'll probably call back in, too. Anyway, so you, you are with the Sohegan Paranormal Investigators. <laughs> So That's what the heck, correct. What the, that is who we are. What the heck is Sohegan? Well, Sohegan is a Native American word that means waiting and watching place. And that um, is what we do. We wait and we watch for a paranormal event to happen. That's yes. appropriate. I, uh, so how did you come up with the name of it? Well, actually, um, when we... First, were incepted. There were two gentlemen who were pulling our group together. Um, they were the co-founders of the group, and one of them came up with the name Sauhegan. And then we all put, you know, the rest of the wording together. Paranormal investigators. Um, they're no longer with the group, unfortunately. One had to leave uh, in March of 2009 due to health issues, and then. In August of 2009, uh, the second founder left uh, to pursue a further adventure that he had some interest in. So that was how I actually became lead investigator for the group. And, and I think we on. have uh, John and Patricia back now, do we? <laughs> yeah, we're back. We're back. Hey. Okay. Hi, John and Patty. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Never let me press buttons. Oh, <laughs> oh, was that you that did that? Of course it was. <laughs> well, we're going to have to give you a lesson in telephone service. No, I, I don't think so. So, so where, where are you guys based out of? Um, we're actually out of New Hampshire, but we have members that are from Nashua, from Tilton, New Hampshire, and from Manchester. Uh, so no. basically, New Hampshire. Right, we're based out of New Hampshire. Yeah, uh-huh. Sue, when you had taken over, as you said, with the transition going on, it, it was about it, there was investigators. The group was it consists of seven investigators. Whole is that still correct? Uh, no, at that time we only had six. 
Oh, okay. And then um, when the two gentlemen left the group, mm. that's when Patty and John joined the group, and then another gal from Manchester, Alicia, she was also brought on board. So then our number increased to seven. Now, do you normally just investigate where you're based in New Hampshire? Do the investigations just take place in New Hampshire, or do you go abroad? Well, we will go into Massachusetts, so we pretty much stay in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. Okay. Now, let's see. Uh, you want to kind of, like, for instance, John, you, you, I assume you all have different roles in, in this group, correct? Uh, yes. John, John, what is your role in the, in the group? I'm the uh, tech manager and also an investigator. Okay. Yeah. And and how? I mean, how did you personally get involved? And in, I mean, is that something you always, you know, wanted to do all your life? Or uh, is it... Well, I won't say all my life, but I've always been fascinated by the paranormal. And um, when we learned about Sue and her group, we approached her and asked her if she would mind uh, if we joined. Um, and we find it's perfect to investigate. We really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we answer some of those questions I've always had in my mind since I was a little kid. You know, are there really ghosts? Are there? I, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> He's not convinced yet. <laughs> I'm always the forever the skeptic, but that's the way you need to be. Absolutely. Yeah, we also know, um, we also know Patty, your field investigator as well, correct? That is correct. And what is your background? What got you interested in being part of this team? Um, when I lived in Hancock, New Hampshire, several years ago, we're go probably going back 15 years ago at least, I actually lived in a farmhouse um, in the bottom half, and I actually had some paranormal ex experiences. Wow. Can you um, give us examples? Like, what happened? Um, at the time, my youngest son and I were living there um, alone, and he was four at the time. And just odd things would happen. Um, you know, cabinet doors I would find would be open. And there was one time that my um, hair dryer that I kept on the back um, shelf in my bathroom uh, mm -hmm. disappeared and it didn't show up for two or three weeks. Wow. Um, there was an incident where I actually had gone through the hallway between the living room and the back bedrooms and I smelt um, like uh, pipe tobacco tobacco smoke, right. and there was no explanation for that because there was no one in the house, of course, that smoked that. And then another time, there was also a strong scent of perfume, which I can understand that that sometimes is an indication that a spirit is around. Wow. So well, there was just the a guy one. Or a, well, I guess. <laughs> what was that, Ron? Well, I mean, perfume, the spirit around, it would be, it was kind of would think it would be a woman spirit rather than like yeah, a guy. Yeah, and then it, as I said, one time it was a pipe tobacco, and then, as I said, mm. another time there was in a different part of the house there was the perfume smell. So maybe it was a pipe-smoking woman. <laughs> uh, that could be. <laughs> oh, my that goodness. Could be. But that's could have. what kind of got me in, into um, this until we found out about um, Sue's group um, and an opportunity because I knew Sue, an opportunity maybe to actually go out and find some real evidence. Now, and I, have I'm, you? Yeah. <laughs> so where can we see this real evidence? On our website. Which is? Which is SauheganParanormalInvestigators.com. 
Say that five times quicker. Yeah. <laughs> or you can go on our Facebook page. <laughs> I have always had an interesting question. Um, I know Ron has, uh, he was giving us a great show um, on our Hollywood New England segment for viewers um, for the different devices, electronic devices that you use in investigations. And to all of you, Sue, John, and Patty, you know, with the team using two specific methods while investigating, which are scientific and electronic equipment, why is it so important to have these methods in place while investigating places that you know, claim to have paranormal activity. Uh, I'm sorry, why is it important, what? Why is it so important to combine scientific and electronic equipment when doing an investigation? Why is that so important to combine the two of those for, for finding out if there's activity going on or not in a home or, or a place of business, what have you? I think the importance to that is that it actually backs up the human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, when when you experience something, sometimes you feel maybe that was your imagination. Right. But if you have some scientific evidence out there and you have your electronic equipment working for you, you can then go back and review that information. And if it's there, then you know that the experience you had was real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how did the... Oh, I'm sorry, Ron, go ahead. I have to say also, sometimes nothing is uh, visible while you're there or auditable, so it only can be captured on electronic devices. Correct. And when you present this to to the people who are coming to you for help, what is their reaction? I mean, especially homeowners, if they want to get out of there because if there's so much activity going on and it's scaring them, um, does it depreciate? I mean, how does that all, you know play hand-in-hand? Well, if it's scaring them, then what the next step would be is to do a clearing of the house, uh, also known as a cleansing, and we would bring in, you know, a person who specializes in doing that, if that is what the client wants. But um, we have had clients that they felt that there was paranormal activity there, and they just wanted to find out for sure one way or the other. And once they found out, they were happy uh, with their new resident. So they just wanted to leave well enough alone. That's interesting. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. Well, we're yeah. working on um, we're working on one now. Uh, we're going back for a second investigation Saturday night. And uh, they definitely have some paranormal activity, and we're just going back to see if we can capture additional proof. But uh, they're they're happy enough with um, knowing that they have more than one entity that is there, as long as that entity does not create any havoc. They want to allow it to stay. They want to keep it there. Yes. Right, John and Patty? Yep. Yeah. Actually, that's true in a lot of cases, and I find it actually a little sad, is that uh, some people believe spirits are like the little pets, and they don't want them to leave. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm not quite sure about that, but anyway. We've we've tossed that also around, uh, Ron, and, you know, our personal feeling is 
if the spirit does want to return uh, or not return, because if it's a ghost, it's never left here. But uh, if the spirit and or ghost wishes to leave, we make it known to the client ahead of time before we even begin the investigation. If they make it known to us they want to leave, we will cross them over. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, a spirit seems to be happy enough and, you know, does not wish to be crossed over, then we leave well enough alone. There's, as you well know, there's many reasons why a spirit and or a ghost would stay here. Not so much a spirit, but a ghost, why they would stay here. Right. I mean, uh, most people know that I don't believe in interference uh, unless it affects the living because, I mean, this is our world and uh, my primary goal is to protect the living. Uh, So I usually don't believe in interfering with the the spirit world as far as uh, moving them one place or another. Mm -hmm. But that's just my opinion. I mean, everybody's entitled to Rome and uh, it's certainly, you know, there are a lot of people out there who... uh, Definitely would like a moved over, so that's that's good too, I guess. Right. I was gonna, I was gonna say, how do the how do the these entities usually act? I mean, does it take one time to move them along if they want to be moved along, or do they hang around and and still wreak havoc? What is the process and what is the the timeline? I guess. Patty, you want to take that question? Um, you know what? You're going to actually hold that question because we're going to be taking a break in about oh, sure. uh, oh, thirty seconds. <laughs> so uh, we. Can you remember that question? I certainly can. Okay. Repeat it to yourself over and over and over again, because we only have 30 seconds, and and I will definitely forget it, because uh, that's the way I am. But anyways, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel Beyond. I am Ron Kolick. With me is my co-host, Gail Scott Key. That's a long name. Wow. And... We will be right back after the following messages on TojiNet. Inspiring women to be true to themselves. Get ready for Tracy Porter Radio on Toginet.com. 2 p.m. Central, Wednesdays, starting November 4th. Tracy Porter, lifestyle, home and fashion designer. Inspiring women from all over the world with their fashionably eclectic goods, savvy tips, style advice, and encouraging spirit. TracyPorter.com is home to her designer products and voice to thousands of women who flock to Tracy's daily blog for a daily dose of pure Tracy. And now she's coming to Toginet. All of Tracy's enchanting goods can be found at TracyPorter.com and her nationally sought-after mail catalog, Tracy Porter. Plus, you can find her here on Toginet. Tracy's awards, appearances, and accolades are too numerous to mention here. So, ladies, you've just got to come to be inspired, too. With Tracy Porter Radio, inspiring women to be true to themselves, to let their passions lead. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, starting November 4th, on toginet.com. Christian work-at-home moms, here is your own show on Toginet. It's CWAM, Christian work-at-home moms, with Jill Hart and Diana Innan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central, on Toginet. 
Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CUM can help you, whether you are new to the work at home world and just starting out your search or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian Work at Home Moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work at Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Ennett with virtualwordpublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed, want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Anna. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Ghost Channel and Beyond. And our special guests are the Sohegan Paranormal Investigators. Or if you want to call them the Sohegan Paranormal Investigators, there's no way to make that an acronym. <laughs> There is an acronym, acronym, Ron. It's SPI. Spy. Yeah. There we go. Right. And, uh, okay, do you remember the question I, I gave you? Actually, uh, Gail gave you? Yes, it was yeah. about the, if there was a timeline with crossing over spirit. Was that, that Gail? Right. Exactly. Yes, Patty. What, what is the timeline on that? You know, in my experience, um, and there's just been a few investigations where there's actually been a spirit crossed over, um, from what I understanding is, and, and Ron had mentioned earlier that it's kind of sad because sometimes the living, if they, you know, enjoy having their spirits around or the ghosts around kind of make them, you know, kind of like pets. You mentioned that, Ron? Mm-hmm. From what I understand is, um, and what I've read, is the recommendation to a family once a, an entity or a ghost has been crossed over, because like Stuart mentioned, spirits, um, they've already been crossed over, so you know, they don't need to leave, um, is the best thing to do is for, like, probably several days is not actually think about or try to think about the ghost or the entity that's in the house mm-hmm. or call it back. Right. Ah. Um, and, and then the, the, the ghost will feel drawn back to the person in the house or whatever it's attached to and, you know, will be confused of where they belong. Now, it's interesting you use the word spirit and ghost. I mean, to me, I, I use them simultaneously or interchangeable uh, because that's kind of, I, I think they're kind of the same. You think of a spirit as uh, someone who has passed over and comes back for a specific reason. Is that what you're uh, labeling a, a spirit? Yes, that is. Um, and, and Sue can explain more, too. That's the difference uh, that we find in our experience between a, uh, what a ghost and a spirit is. And Sue, as I said, can, you know, enlighten us more on that. Well, from, from what I've read, Ron, um, mm-hmm. and talked with other folks, the, the word spirit uh, would actually be uh, meaningful for someone who has passed and has crossed over and gone to another dimension. And they can, at free will, come back and forth between their dimension, and our dimension. Whereas a ghost never really left the earth plane. It remained here for whatever reason. Maybe it was, you know, attached to a loved one and didn't want to leave the family 
It wanted to stay here, guidance and direction. Um, maybe it felt that it had done something bad and it didn't want to, you know, face the, their maker, so to speak. So there's several reasons, and I'm sure, you know, you, you've read them all, too, as to why a ghost probably would not leave. But that's my understanding, is a spirit is free will and has left, has crossed over, and will come back and forth, whereas a ghost is just here. So what would you call a uh, residual haunting, then? Well, I would have to say that, for me, I would call it a ghost. Because it's here. It's here all the time. It repeats itself over and over and over. So for me, it, it just got stuck here. It never left. Hmm. What, what about you? What would you call it? I don't believe it's uh, anything intelligent. It's nothing more than uh, a recording. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, you're, I don't really re- even refer to it as a ghost. I consider it more as a haunting. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and that it's it's really not any type of entity at all. Okay. More of a more of an imprint, would you say? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, an imprint. I guess that's the best way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's just like a recording. It's it's nothing intelligible. It's it's not really an entity whatsoever. I mean, but that's you know what? Don't let anybody ever tell you this is the only way to think or this is the only way. Everybody has their own opinions, and we really, really, really don't know until we go over on the other side. I mean, we can believe 99% what we're doing is right, but we can't say we're 100% sure. And even the best psychics and mediums, we already know that they are not accurate 100% of the time. Right. No, that, that's correct. Um, you know, there's a lot of information out here, and as to its accuracy, you really don't know. You have to go by your own experiences and, I right. guess, your own feelings. Right. I always say trust your heart. That's a good way to put it, and your instincts. <laughs> well, it's, it's one in the way, the one in the same. I, I believe. Yep. I believe your your, your heart is your well, whatever. I don't want to get into that. That's another story for another time. <laughs> I was waiting. That was like an epiphany, Ron. I was look. That's awesome. But you know something, Sue? You said something very interesting, both of you. Um, and with that, talking about having your own personal experiences, can you guys tell us from? one particular or maybe a few investigations where things were just, is there one uh, situation that was most unforgettable to the team? Yeah, me, me. I think at Elizabeth's it probably was. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's, That's just great. what I'm going to say. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I think probably, um, are, you, are you there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think for me, and it may be different for Patty and John, but I think probably one of the most memorable experiences that I had was we had the opportunity to investigate the Ringe Historical Museum in Ringe, New Hampshire. That's a cool and, place. I'm sorry? It's a cool place. Right, and and there's a lot of history that goes to that place, so you probably are well aware that that um, I don't want to call it a stagecoach, a, a carriage that belonged to Dr. Dean is on display there. You remember that, Ron? Yep. Okay. Well, two years later, we had an opportunity 
to investigate Dr. Dean's property in Jaffrey, New Hampshire. And it took a while to really put the two things together, that that carriage that he was driving that night that he was murdered was the same carriage that was in the Ringe Historical Museum. Yikes. But on one of uh, our investigations in Jaffrey, we actually captured an apparition that we we think could be Dr. D- Dr. Dean, but not really knowing what Dr. Dean looked like. <laughs> oh. um, but we captured an apparition, and we were all very surprised to see it. We have it on our website. But I think, for me, that's one of the most memorable moments because... Here we investigated two different places, and we were able to correlate the happenings. Um, and, Gail, for, for your information, there was a yeah. long story about Dr. Dean felt that he had a spy that was living on his property, a German spy. Uh-huh. So um, I don't want to go into the whole story because it'll take right. up the whole program, but um, there was a, you know there was a big history to it, and it was just very memorable that we actually captured this apparition. It was a full-bodied apparition walking you, behind some bushes. And you had were you able to see this with your eye as well as capturing no. it on film? No, no, Why we never that? saw it. We never saw it. It was only after you know we reviewed our evidence. How how does that happen? I mean, because obviously for myself and, and others who are like, when we see these investigations and when we see these being posted and everything, why can't the human eye catch it as well as the eye of the camera, if you will? Why why is that so? John, I'm going to let you answer that because you're the mm. expert. Well, I'm not. I won't say expert, but I think <laughs> I believe it's because it might be out of a out of visible spectrum of light. Uh huh. Okay. And the cameras can see, obviously, uh, we use some infrared so they can see infrared. And the digital cameras, for some reason, can capture things um, that we can't see. So therein lie goes back to the question beginning when I was asking about why is it so important with the scientific and electronic equipment. And this is just another prime example because of the fact that the, that the normal eye just cannot grasp these images, correct? Absolutely. And I, I would yeah. really think that we'd be... We wouldn't have a lot of uh, things to see on the website if it wasn't for the uh, digital and electronic devices. Now, do you always, a lot of people, there, there can be a lot of skeptics. Sometimes when, you, when you're seeing these things, you're scratching your head because sometimes it's almost too, too much to believe. But you've obviously, through the, the um, Sauhegan Paranormal Investigation Team, you have captured so much evidence and proof that there's really... There's really no doubt for what's going on with these people who call you out to investigate for these these certain instances. I I would say you know for the most part they have things going on and even though sometimes we don't capture everything that they say they have seen or heard, there's enough out there that we do capture to let us say yeah there's something going on there. Now John, I'm going to stick with you just for a second because you're the tech manager because. Interestingly enough, and I'm sure you hear this question, um, and, and all of you, I'm sure, uh, 
know this, but when it comes to the technical aspect, and they say when an apparition is trying to reveal itself, it will drain batteries. It will do different funky things to electronic uh, systems. Have you ever experienced that in investigation, and can you tell us a prime example? Um, yeah, we have uh, on and off. I mean, it's more or less batteries become drained or the devices get shut off for some unknown reason, uh, and then you'll turn them on and they'll get shut off again. And, and there's no explanation for it because the batteries are fresh when we put them in there or they're, they're pretty much up to snuff, you know. And right. Things like that. We had one instance not too long ago uh, where um, we had set up a, um, a video camera outside on this property. We were investigating, and it had, a, a, I believe, a two-hour tape in it. And not too long into the investigation, it just photographed black. It just stopped huh. photographing. Hmm. You know, so, uh, it's, it's strange things like that that there's no explanation for. I don't know, Sue, is there any other ones you can think of offhand? Um, no, not not really. You know, it was primarily just our, you know, EVP recorders that might shut off um, by themselves, like when we were in Ashburnham, and I, I was sure that I had started my EVP recorder, and hmm. then found out that it wasn't on, and um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, on, I'm 100% sure I started it, yeah. but, but it was not on. Uh, I looked down to check something, and that's how I discovered it had been turned off, but it's more like what John said. It's mainly our batteries that do get drained. And I think it was when we were at the... Um, the uh, it was that the graveyard in Nashua Sioux. Oh, Gilson. Gilson Road. Um, when you had gone, one of the first investigations, your um, batteries were actually drained a lot in that particular investigation. Yeah, I mentioned right. that to me. Right. That was one instance, and I think it's because, you know, from what we understand, is because, like Gail was saying, when an energy or an entity wants to manifest itself, it needs all the energy it can take. Right. So it's going to take it from whatever source it can. Right. And I think that's why a lot of groups do experience that. It doesn't happen every investigation, but um, I would say there's probably, you know, been quite a few of our investigations that something's happened with electronics. You know, what's really funny is, is that when I started the, the Ghost Project many, many, many years ago, we, we actually started as a TV show. And uh, we went to the cemetery to shoot some uh, bee footage. And uh, we had, I think, five or six batteries that we should have had two hours each. Mm -hmm. I think we got 20 minutes out of the whole pile of them. That was my first investigation. And what we ended up doing is we, we blessed them with holy water, and we found out they worked. In fact, uh, we had a uh, German uh, television crew who came over and did a documentary over us with us. And they, their batteries could not be charged around here because they're different whatever but so they actually made us bless theirs as well because they didn't <laughs> want to drain it but, but we found that worked and, and you know what's really funny when we, when we came up with the book Ghost Chronicles Maureen and I wrote it we, we, we mentioned uh, blessing things like laptops even and stuff with, with holy water and we actually got a, a nasty letter for someone that said it was the most ludicrous thing that they could have ever done and well Maybe it is to that particular person, but, but first of all, if, if you're a Catholic or any Christian, then they realize that that's common in the religion. I mean, for instance, they even bless the fishing fleet when they come out of Gloucester. 
mm-hmm. you know, you, you get a new car, you get it blessed. I mean, it, it's it's a common. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing as well, you know, what if what if the spirit isn't uh, you know Catholic or a Christian? What if it's Muslim? I think it, once again, it, it's not necessarily the holy weather itself. It's the intent. In other words, this is our realm, and we're imposing our rules on our realm, and that's why it works. So you might that's a very good point. You might think it's ludicrous. I think it works, hmm. and we will continue to do it. So there you go. That's a very good point, Ron. You don't have to try it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you really, as long as you're I'm, I'm sure yeah. we will try it. <laughs> you see, there's no batteries. That's, that's a pain in the butt when they, they go down. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, Ron, how do you bless them? Do you bless them before you put them into your devices? Oh, before you even go out on a on a vacation. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, vacation. vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to go on a vacation, but I can't. Uh, uh, before you even go on an investigation, uh, you, you should do it to your equipment. I mean, there's another thing, too. We always use the uh, St. Michael's Prayer of the Car, which is cool, but that's just, uh, you know, that's what we do as our group. That's We use that as protection uh, whether you're Catholic or a Wiccan or whatever, St. Michael is a, a, a powerful, even in voodoo, he's a powerful uh, force. So it's we, we like using that as well. And In fact, I have a, a bunch of them that are, are plastic-coated ones, you know, the, the old oh, things yeah. that we give. We, we, I actually have them blessed, and I give them to uh, clients uh, when they need it. Uh, so, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, you can do it to your equipment itself, uh, cameras, uh, tape recorders, the batteries themselves. Uh, my battery box actually has the St. Francis, uh, not the St. Francis, the St. Michael's prayer card in the, in the battery box, hmm. uh, which is also things. I mean, our uh, kit has a silver cross on it uh, with the uh, cameras and stuff. So, I mean, we, we, we do our own thing. And uh, like I'm saying, it's not necessarily works for you. That's fine, too. But uh, whatever works for you, that's the important thing. It's the intent. Well, we carry right. rosaries also. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I mean, I, I can t- I can't tell you how many locations that we've gone to where uh, there has been haunting and uh, people have rosary. I mean, I, I can sit, I can remember one in Lawrence. I mean, this this guy wasn't even Catholic and everything, but he had rosaries tacked up everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was kind of funny. But anyways, we're actually running out of uh, time here, guys. So um, if you're, any anything you want to wrap up with, uh, this is the time. Well, I guess I would just like to say thank you very much for having us on this evening. It has been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's great talking with both you and Gail. We've enjoyed it greatly. Well, we've enjoyed it for me. And once again, this is the Sohegan Paranormal Investigators, and you can go to their website. Uh, I don't know if it's linked on mine yet. Uh, Yes, it is, Ron. Oh, thank God. It's so often I go to my site. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I have time to do anything. But anyway, <laughs> that's good. So you can go to our website, which is anyghostproject.com. Go on the link page, and you certainly can get them from there if you can't remember. So HeganParanormalInvestigators.com. So, uh, guys, we want to thank you so much. It was a yeah. pleasure. It was an interesting conversation, and you'll definitely have to keep in touch with us so we know what's going on if you come across a, a neat case, and uh, maybe we can even team up sometime. That would be kind of cool as well. Oh, that, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> Right. right. Thank so you very much. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Wow, that went fast. That was so incredible, Ron. And you know something? One question, and of course, you and Maureen, you've done a lot of investigations here in New Hampshire as a Sauhegan paranormal investigation team. So where do we rate? 
as far as are we the most haunted in New England? Where do we live? I don't want to go down that road. Huh? I don't want to go down that road. Okay, start dialing the digits of our guests again, okay? You know? <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, every, every, every country, I mean, every part of the country, every country, in fact, can claim their own thing. It's, it's all subject and depends on what you want to claim. But anyways, do, I, I think we have another episode of episode five of the Ghost of Gettysburg. Uh, Ashley, Ooh. is that ready to roll? Ashley? <laughs> Hello? Did she leave you? I will kill her. <laughs> Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghosts of Gettysburg, brought to you by Mark Nesmith and the Ghosts of Gettysburg. This is an actual message left on the Ghost of Gettysburg answering machine. What you about to hear is real. Nothing has been changed. Is truth stranger than fiction? You decide. Four oh three AM Sunday. Message five. Hey, um, this is uh this is actually the uh owner of the cell phone. Uh, my name is Zach. Um, my grandpa has been calling uh, your place because he claims to uh, be seeing a ghost. I can vouch for some of the paranormal stuff going on in our house. Yesterday, uh, somebody made a pot of coffee, uh, and um, I, none of us, none of us that I know of, made it. And it's it's getting really weird here, man. And uh, somebody needs to do something about it. Um, Apparently, my grandfather has seen him, I mean, all over the place. He's saying he's all out of the yard, et cetera. Um, I personally haven't haven't experienced anything other than the coffee. Um, I mean, it was some of the best. We actually drank it with some of the best coffee we ever had, but, but honestly, we, we have no clue how in the hell it got there. And um, apparently, he brewed it at night. My grandpa said he saw him brew it, and um, that was it. I can't, apparently, my grandpa's here right now, and he says he's staring right at me, but I can't see a damn thing. And apparently, this thing has a horse, too, and uh, he hears the clickety-clack or something like that outside, but I don't hear a damn thing. So, I mean, we got to get somebody on top of this here, because my grandpa, just he's, he's going nuts. And it's getting pretty scary. I'm not going to lie. I keep one eye open when I go to sleep. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The chair just moved. Oh, my. Dad, Dad, you getting this on tape? Oh, my. Unbelievable. So, so the coffee is made, huh? Yeah, you know, and it makes damn good coffee, too. I mean, it's, it's good to have a ghost that makes good coffee, is what I consider. <laughs> I just wonder if I could rent them out. You know, I like to have my coffee in the morning, Ron. How about you? Yeah, I know. Episode 5. So, uh, there's more to come with this. Uh, these are all real messages left on the Ghost of Gettysburg uh, answer machine. That's the Ghost of Gettysburg and, and Gettysburg Machinismus Group. And uh, these are actual messages left so that is so cool there you go so anyways you know what time it is 
Hmm, what time would that be, Ron? It's time for the list. Yes. <laughs> so anyways, you know what tonight's topic is? I do not. What is it? It's because I don't tell you, that's why. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, the tonight's topic for the list is, how can yes. you tell if your girlfriend is possessed? I uh, don't have one, but don't know, and I'm interested to find out. So how do you find out? <laughs> well, it probably works for a guy, too, so I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, how can you tell if your girlfriend is possessed? She sleeps above the covers, three feet above the covers. Oh. Oh. Your, voice, your voice sounds like Gilbert Gottfried. Oh. Hey, wait a minute, my wife sounds like that. <laughs> You're so bad. Um, she gets your dinner, she gets you dinner without leaving the couch. Uh, wait a minute, Ooh. she must be possessed if she's making dinner for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's beginning to look like Marilyn Manson. Oh, not a good thing. No, 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 this is all, how can you tell if your girlfriend is possessed? Uh, when she tells you you make her head spin, it does literally. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> Related to the exorcist, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, she speaks more languages than the customers at the Registry of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> oh. Trust me, I've been there. I, this uh, Friday is my birthday. I get my license renewed. And oh, I no. think I, 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 learned, I learned the definition of minority. And that was me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what can I tell you? <laughs> And, oh. wait a minute, uh, every time she, oh, how can you tell if your girlfriend's possessed? Every time she loses an argument, she sprays you with pea soup. Oh. Oh. And the final reason is, how can you tell if your girlfriend is possessed? She brings a whole new meaning to French kissing. Oh, oh I did not say that, did I? Oh, that was so bad. Oh. Run! <laughs> So anyway, it's time to wrap it up. Thank oh, God. Okay, thank you. Bye. I hate you. God bless everyone. Good night. Bye. Ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. <laughs>